all day. Looking deep for Hollywood Brown again. He's got it. Brown off to the races. And he stays on his feet. Touchdown. 83 yards. Will run the seam route down the middle of the field. Here's a second down and three. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh, he broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's got a touchdown. He is Houdini. What a play. 47-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Cleveland for 28 minutes. Control. And now Jackson and the Ravens. He flips it to the end zone. And it's pulled down. What a catch. Andrews again. And what a play by Jackson. Off balance. Able to unload it with players all around him. Welcome to the Back Row Ravens Show, where we talk all things Baltimore Ravens. From player news, rumors, and what to expect for your fantasy football team. And now, your host, Bob Miller. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Back Row Ravens Show. I am your host, Bob Miller, and thanks for making us a part of your day, whether you're at work or if you're driving home or driving to work or you're just trying to get away from the wife and kids. Thanks a lot for making us a part of your day uh, anyway. So uh, again, I'm your host, Bob Miller, and I have my co-host here, Blake Ramey. And today we're going to cover a lot of uh, a lot of things that are going on uh, around the Ravens uh, right now from the, some of this recent Derek Mason uh, drama, and then we've got a lot of this Lamar versus Deshaun Watson debate going around on Twitter. We got a lot of things to cover here, so uh, you know, Blake, how you doing, brother? How's your how's your day treating you? I'm good, just keeping up with the Ravens as per usual. How are you? Yeah, man, doing okay, doing all right. Just uh, you know, ready to get this stuff started here. Hey, by the way, man, did you see these Madden ratings that that's come out today? I know you're a Madden guy, and I'm a Madden guy. <laughs> Dude, what the hell's going on with these ratings, man? I, you know, I, I don't want to be biased just because it's Ravens players, because there's a lot of, there's That's a lot the... of other Ravens, or I mean, there's a lot of other players uh, that ratings look like crap. You know, speaking of someone like Deshaun Watson and uh, even like Aaron Rodgers and and uh, you know, I think you had even mentioned um, Wentz. Yeah, Carson Wentz, Wentz got a was bad one. one. Yeah, it's really. I don't know. I try. I was trying not to be biased, and I was. Looking at myself, I'm thinking, well, is it, am I being biased because it's just Ravens players? But then I started to look around, and I, I think what they did was drop the top 10 ratings for every team. And I'm looking at Wentz. Like, Wentz is not an 84. I saw Brady was a 90. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I try not to get too frustrated and upset over, like, ratings for a video game. But, golly, it just drives me nuts. Like, Gronk is a 95. Hasn't played football in, like, two years. And he just jumps right back in the mix and is a 95. Yeah, yeah, that's a little that's a little strange to me. Right. Um, yeah, some of these quarterback ratings. Now, listen, I I think the Lamar rating wasn't bad. You know, having <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Russell Wilson being a ninety-seven overall, and and mm-hmm. obviously with with Mahomes being part of the ninety-nine club. Uh, tell your dog I said hello, by the way. <laughs> but uh, but no no I I didn't have a problem with 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 Lamar's rating at all. But there were some Ravens. Um, now there was one I thought was pretty interesting there. I don't. I'm sure you saw it, but that J.K. Dobbins 
had the yeah. highest highest rating for love any it. rookie running back on the game. I love to have a little edge over any uh, Chiefs fan when I can, and <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I mean, he's over Clyde Edwards. I mean, they're both great backs. I mean, I know it's only one overall point, but it's bragging rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, you know, that I would have thought that Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Jonathan Taylor would have gotten that that spot, but uh, no, J.K. Dobbins. One that, one that I saw that was pretty, going to those uh, running back ratings, one that I saw that was pretty high that surprised me. I haven't really looked into him too much, but uh, Cam Akers at a 73, I believe, mm. which is right there with Taylor. Um, so, I mean, all the running backs seem like they're, like, super close Yeah, I think Edward Hilaire and, and Taylor were, like, 74s, and J.K. Yeah. was, uh, you know, J.K. was a 75. Now... I hope I'm not seeing this, uh, or my eyes are deceiving me. But is <laughs> is Saquon Barkley really yeah, an 89? I, yeah, see, I saw that too. Drove me nuts. Saquon Barkley is an 89 overall, and so is Joe yeah. Mixon. Aaron jo- Aaron Jones 90. is a 90. And, uh, you know, Nick Chubb Jeez. is a 92, and Saquon. I mean, Saquon is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth ranked running back. Yeah, on here. it's disrespectful. <laughs> There's no other way, like, like yeah, that. Madden just lost all credibility there. Yeah, I um, don't, and I thought I was being biased, just just being a homer, but I'm looking at guys like oh, I was defending Steelers players. I'm look, I'm looking at T.J. Watt, who's a arguable defensive player of the year, and he's an 86. Mm-hmm. What? And then you have Minka, who's an 87, which I guess, I mean, I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> hey, quick, tell me a, a safety in the league better than Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, there's a handful of them, but right. I would think that I mean, Minka would probably be a 90 at least. I, I hate to do this, but um, Earl is at an 88. Oh, God. That's a tough argument. I, I, can't, I, just, I don't see how they're putting Earl at a like, higher rating than Minka. I don't get it. Yeah, no, I'm kind of there with you. I mean, but I thought that I thought that Earl's rating should have been a little higher. I, I would I had him at like yeah, a I, like a 91, 92, but I would have had Minka up there as well too. So, um, yeah, the things that, you know, a lot of Ravens fans were complaining about um, you know Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey being like what eight, what was Marlon's like an was Marlon he an, is a 89. 89? Well, that's not awful. Yeah. But you would horrible. Listen, you these guys, him and Marcus Peters should be in the nineties somewhere. I agree. Uh, Peters with, stuns me more than Humphrey does because you got Peters because like I said they gave you a top ten. Yeah, he was an eighty-five. Right, I'm saying, and he's not even on the top ten list. Yeah, so I, you know, I was pretty upset about uh, about Earl and, and Marcus Peters, and I, but listen, the one that really, really just gets at me is Justin Tucker. Uh-huh. Listen, he's an 87 overall. He's the best kicker of all time. And if people want to argue that, then that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. But listen, he's the best kicker going today. He's the best kicker of all time, heading in that direction at least. Um, he's in the prime of his career, and he's not even in the 90s. Yeah. Like, whoa, good. whoa, whoa, we want to hold back here. Uh, we'll put him as an 87. I mean, so the best <laughs> kicker that you've ever seen in the NFL most likely uh, is an 87 overall. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. Like Tucker's one of those guys. Like kicking ratings are but, obviously. But when yeah. you but when you look at it, 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 every time, every year, he's like an 87, and you look, and his awareness is always like 70 or something. Right. It's like in the 70s. I'm like, what? It's, 
I don't I don't understand why kicker ratings are so like different compared to other players. Like I, I feel you should just be based off their kicking stats. And if that's the case, I'm pretty sure the the second best kicker in the game is Bucker. And I mean I see what they're doing, but it's still a little frustrating because you got a guy like Tucker. He's not just the best kicker in the league. Like he is by far the best kicker in the league, and it's not even a, a conversation. Tucker is one of those guys. I posted something a couple weeks ago. And everybody is in agreement, whether you're a Ravens fan or a, whatever fan you are, Tucker's off limits. Like, everyone knows Tucker is the undisputed best kicker. And I don't know. And he's probably the GOAT, you know? And, right. And exactly. so, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, Madden is just, I don't know what the heck. I, please, God. I mean, why why couldn't NFL 2K, why couldn't they not have NFL Dude. 2K come back? Why did EA have to go and do this crap again, you know, and, and – <laughs> And and keep the keep strong arm strong arm ugh, strong arming the NFL like this is just driving me nuts, man. I, we've got to have a breath of fresh air when it comes to this. Uh, these ratings are <laughs> and don't get me wrong, you can get the game and, and change the ratings however you want. That's what a lot of people do anyway. But still, right. you know these people aren't getting the respect that they should be. But anyway, so yeah, you wanted to cover some stuff, man. You and I have been talking for the past little while. And, you know, we were having some, some nice conversations with folks over, uh, you know, uh, on Twitter and, 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 you know, through uh, like the back row network of podcasts, you know, we cover a lot of the NFL teams and having conversations with these guys and talking about, you know, who's the favorite in the AFC and, and everyone has the, the, the Chiefs and the Ravens right there at the top of the list, but you know, are there some other teams that could surprise uh, in the AFC um, that could come out of nowhere or could be, you know, pretty tough. I mean, is there any teams that really – I've got about three or four of them myself. Um, but, you know, who, who stands out to you that could be a surprise and, and maybe even knock off one of these teams? So I think last week we touched on – I'm pretty sure we touched on Indianapolis. I really think Phillip Rivers playing behind that line over there. He's never had a line like that in his career, number one. I can't even think of – a line that comes close to it over in um, San Diego or L.A. that he ever played with. So, I mean, now that you give a guy like Phillip Rivers, obviously he's not your ideal quarterback, but he's no i mean, he's no uh, chump by any means. And he's I guess you could consider him an upgrade from Brissett. So I think if you give Phillip Rivers some time to throw back there, you just add um, Pittman, who we were both high on. Mm-hmm. You got Jonathan Taylor. So I think that's, that's a nice little threat. And they got um, defense. Um, Darius Leonard, I think he's the most underappreciated superstar in the league. He's phenomenal. Um, Kenny Moore, and then they just uh, Justin Houston. They just got DeForest Buckner. Who, that's not talked about enough. That should have been the first thing I said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got a fantastic defense, and their offense right. is going to be uh, plenty good enough. And and the one thing that Rivers um, brings to the table is he's not afraid to work all sides of the field. Now, listen, he's lost a lot of arm strength and. Uh, he mm-hmm. can't he can't chuck it downfield uh, like he used to, and if he tries it, oh my gosh, it flutters. <laughs> it, it's it's an ugly sight. But um, it, it, and if you get some of these teams with a pretty elite uh, pass rush or a fantastic secondary, um, they're still going to present a huge problem for him. Um, but you know that the Colts are one of those teams we talked about that could. Um, they got great coaching. They've got weapons all over the place, and a quarterback that's a, that's 
very capable of managing a game and and reading defenses. So that's that's when it sticks out to me. And and listen, you know the craziest thing is is I think three of my four teams that I have are all in that same division. Because yeah. I can throw I I can throw the the Titans up there too. Listen, some people think that they overperformed last year, and 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 I agree. But here's the thing, man they could they could totally do it again if they if they get to clicking again um, at the right time this year. Who's to say that it couldn't happen again for them? It it just did. Um, mm. And and so that's a team that that could worry me. Listen, Baltimore plays them this year. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that game. But gosh, man, um, if they if, if if Tennessee makes it back to the playoffs, and uh, uh, I, that'll be one I'll be uh, kind of uh, chewing my nails over because I damn sure don't want to see the same you know history repeat itself. So yeah, Tennessee, they're definitely a team you got to look at, especially with that that beast they got in their backfield. I don't even know what you call him. <laughs> that mm-hmm. guy's I, I hate playing against him. I I just knew it was going to happen back in January, but um. Tannehill, I give this guy a lot of slack, but regardless whether he's a great quarterback or not, some people argue top 10, 15. I, I, I'd put, I'll put him 15. 10, I don't think so. But no. um, he does he does what he needs to do. He hands the ball off to Henry. Do I think if you put any other running back in that backfield, do I think they're nearly as good? No. But um, they got some nice defensive players. You got Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, Rashawn Evans, um, Byard. But... Yeah, I think they'll get the job done, especially with and the division's not crazy. I mean, you got Indianapolis, you got Houston, but it's that division for the past couple of years has kind of been like any which way. But um, yeah, I, I think they can get it done, especially if they add Clowney. I know Clowney's still up in the air where he wants to go, whether it's Baltimore, Tennessee, um, Seattle. But I'm pretty sure Seattle's not happening. I'm pretty sure it's ruled out. But if they add Clowney, that's enough. God, they're gonna give us another run. It's gonna irritate me. Yeah, but luckily, yeah. we're fortunate because, like you mentioned, we get to play them and we get to play Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. That's another one of my teams that we get to we get to meet them in the regular season, get at least a, a taste of what they're coming with. I don't I don't know if we have uh, Tennessee at home or not. I think we do. You I do. Remember. You do. Yeah. It, yeah. So yeah. We're, we're getting these guys at home. I'm pretty sure we tra- travel to Lucas Oil against Indianapolis, but um, yeah, I think the AFC is so incredibly open, and it it kind of bugs me. But um, I don't know if it makes Lamar. I mean, if you give something Lamar to uh, get better for, I mean, he's gonna get better. He's gonna change with the uh, the competition around him, and he's only gonna get better. And he continues to grow every day, and I love it. But I think, I mean, I don't know. We're we're on top. We're we're besides Kansas City, we're the one that everyone's looking at, going, wow. Like the fact that we're favored in every game. I mean, that, that just tells you what you need to know. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty wild, and we'll <laughs> we'll get to that here in a few minutes. But yeah, you know, sticking with that division, and you mentioned the Texans. Um, listen, we absolutely just dominated, destroyed, and just humiliated the Texans last year. But that was last year, and this year they'll still be a very good team. They have a very good quarterback. Um, they've got s- some nice weapons still at receiver. They've got a great defense, and and JJ Watt should be healthy for maybe a few games before he gets hurt again. Right. Um, but you know they they could be a surprise team this year, uh, Houston. But but you kind of touched on it a minute ago. I think the prob- besides the Chiefs, besides the Ravens, my team and probably your team that could really shock. Uh, the AFC is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh huh. 
Absolutely. Uh, fantastic defense, an elite defense that's just getting better. Uh, linebackers, pass rush, great secondary. Uh, and then you go to that offense, you know what it's capable of, and they've got a fantastic offensive line. They've got a great running game. They have weapons, and, and Ben Roethlisberger just makes people better. Um, coming off of an injury, of course. Right. Uh, but everything looks like all systems go when it comes to him, that everything looks fine, that he's ready to roll. He can't wait. He's chomping at the bit. This is the team that probably worries me the much, the most. And, you know, we play the Colts. We play the Titans. Obviously, we play the Steelers a couple of times uh, this year. And and that could be a good thing and a bad thing for us. You know, we get to see them, see what they're about, see what, see what their game plan is. But then, again, if we have to face any of those teams in the playoffs, if we make it to the playoffs, um, they've seen us. And, uh, right. you know, that could really, really backfire on us. So, you know, speaking of that, you, you brought up that the Ravens, you know, ESPN and everything's got it all out there, that, that the Ravens are the only team in the NFL that is favored in every single game this year. I don't know what kind of uh, jinx that is. Um, <laughs> For real. And, and you and I had this conversation of how, how possible is it uh, that the Ravens could go 16-0 and this year. Um, I'm not sure if that's – I mean, obviously anything's possible, but um, there are some teams that we just mentioned that I think are, are, are more than capable of possibly uh, putting a loss or, or, or beating Baltimore. Is there any uh, any other teams that, that stand out to you that we take on? We uh, – teams – I don't think – when it comes down to 16-0, and 0, I don't think it's a matter of uh, the talent of the teams for us. I just think it's like a Baltimore Ravens thing. I mean, I don't really know. I can't speak for any other team. But I feel like for being a Baltimore fan for so long, we're in games with teams that – we're far better than including that one back in January. We put ourselves in these situations where, I mean, you look on paper, and Baltimore is by far the better team, but we're in a game with them that we shouldn't be in. Like last year, I can go back to both Cincinnati games. We were in a game for a while. Obviously, the the first one was tighter than the second one because, you know, the infamous spin move. Mm-hmm. But the first one, we were, we were in a tight one with them. And you're thinking like, okay, when are we going to take off here? Like when when are we gonna start you know looking like well listen that that, that that second game that they played uh, Cincinnati I was at that game I was a uh, second row right behind the Ravens bench listen that was the that was the game that that Cincinnati started Ryan Finley right so that was just a right. uh, that was just and at that awful. point they're they're bombing for Burrow whatever the case may be tanking mm-hmm. for Tua so I mean I I, I think sixteen and that was possible yes I mean of course it's always possible. But um, absolutely. I don't, I, I, if I'm betting on it, I wouldn't bet on it. I, no, I don't I'm, think it's possible. Listen, we've got a uh, you know we've got Kansas City in Week Three on Monday Night right. Football. Now that is in Baltimore, so that, you know that'll that'll help. Um, but gosh, I mean, we've seen what that what that team can do. They can hang up points on them <coughs> quicker than anyone. Um, you know, Week Eight and Week Twelve, we have Pittsburgh. Um, I think Pittsburgh is fully capable of beating Baltimore. I think Pittsburgh is, uh, in my opinion, the third best team in the AFC and right. and, and, may, and quite possibly the third best team in the NFL. Um, you know, a lot of people will argue San Francisco and, and, and a couple of other teams, but uh, I really, really like what Pittsburgh uh, looks like this year. And, and, you know, obviously the Tennessee Titans game, you know, we saw what they did to Baltimore in the playoffs. Uh, there's no reason that they can't do it again. Um, especially if they, if they, if they're rolling, if they're steamrolling, then they'll be fine. But another one that really sticks out to me is Week Twelve, 
we take on Dallas. And yeah. and the thing, uh, listen, they match up okay against Baltimore, but they have a mobile quarterback in Dak Prescott. And if we get some pressure, I mean, those types of 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 quarterbacks, you know, tend to give you anyone uh, a little bit more of a problem, um, you know, because they can avoid sacks and 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 buy a little time and uh, find an open receiver, and especially with their their weapons, those three receivers that they have, and their running game and their offensive line, uh, and they've got a pretty nice young, fast defense. Um, and if they end up making a move and getting someone like a Jamal Adams or something. Uh, you know, watch out. I think Dallas is a big-time sleeper, especially in the NFC. Yeah, Dallas catches a lot of flack because they're Dallas mm-hmm. and because of the, the whole Stephen A. meme, Skip Bayless meme that they got going on. But I think another matchup that we got on our hands that not talked about enough is week one. We have a potential to start out 0-1 against the Cleveland Browns, which I, I can't believe I'm saying that. I hate saying it because I can't stand Cleveland. But um, Baker Mayfield, do I think he's – Amazing? No, not by any means. But I feel like whenever he plays Baltimore, he gives us hell. <laughs> like, for some reason, I, whether it's just a matter of, it's, I think it's just the division type of thing. You always, mm-hmm. you always play crappy against your division opponents. It's very rare that you don't. I mean, last year, no one expected Cleveland to put 40 on us. I mean, obviously, that's pre-Marcus Peters, Bynes, Fort. But, um, again... I think it's very possible we could start 0-1, but, so I think we just got to have our head in the game, especially against Cleveland, because Cleveland will upset you before you even know it. Luckily, I think we, we got going on our side is uh, Cleveland, they're coming in with some new pieces that they have to get figured out. They got a rookie tackle starting week one against Baltimore in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think we'll pull that one out. But again, you even got a team like the Texans. and we're, Unfortunately, we're catching them at a time in mid-September when they're probably fully going to be healthy because that's one thing for the Texans right now. They got uh, Brandon Cooks, who has a history of getting injured a lot. They got Will Fuller, same thing. As you mentioned before, J.J. Watt, same thing. So I think it's just a matter of if they're going to be healthy, and I think they'll be, I mean, September 20th. I'm hoping that they're fully put together. So that's going to be a tough one. I'm not sure where that one's at. I don't know if it's Yeah, and uh, I think they, and and the Cleveland Browns, I believe they reworked uh, Olivier Vernon's contract, which uh, all but takes them out of the Jadavian Clowney sweepstakes. So that's always a good thing, too. Um, right. That was something – that was a team I was really concerned about getting Clowney um, was, was Cleveland. So I'm glad that that, that may – yeah, that uh, that looks like that's not going to happen. So I'm real Yeah, I'm real I, happy I can't even that. imagine a world where Clowney is on one edge and then you have Garrett on the other edge. And that's one thing I notice. When you have a guy like Miles Garrett, I feel like I'm constantly panicking. I don't feel like Garrett gets enough credit, and maybe it's because he hasn't taken that superstar leap of like defensive player of the year. But I think sooner rather than later he'll grab his first. But um, anyways, they've I, got a good defensive line, you know, Larry oh Obenjobi or Ogunjobi or whatever. You know, yeah. they've got some guys on that line, and and their linebackers aren't bad, and they've got a pretty good secondary. Uh, yeah, I. I you know they were they were a little bit of a shit show last year. <laughs> um, shit show. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is Cleveland, um, but I I really think that they could take a a major step forward this year. So yeah, they could give us a a, a headache again this year. Cincinnati doesn't uh, concern me a whole whole lot, um, but uh, Cleveland, you know the the preseason crowned Super Bowl champions yeah. last year. Um, you know, we could see what uh, what that turns into, but uh, you know, they they definitely they they play Baltimore. You know, they're motivated to beat Baltimore, and and um, 
you know, so they could bring the heat again, and um, they're fully ca- – they beat us once last year so that you know what they're capable of. I um, think Cleveland ultimately got what they're looking for. I mean, you're looking for all last year two tackles, two sufficient tackles. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they were in the Trent Williams sweepstakes. They didn't get him. But, I mean, they probably got better. They got they got Conklin, and then they got Jedrick Willis out of the draft, obviously, on the other hand. So I think I don't, I, I think it will take a couple weeks for them to fully settle in. I think we do pull that one out with a rookie tackle. On and who who will Willis be lined up on? I'm pretty sure he's a is he right? He's a right tackle, so he'll be on the left end. But um, yeah, it's, it's gonna be a tough day for him, I think, especially because Baltimore, man, you you know Baltimore. And I, if I was a tackle personally, I wouldn't want to be facing Baltimore week one, my first game ever in MNT. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have our edge rushers coming around, and then don't right. don't forget that you're you know you got Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, exactly. uh, right. guys like that. Speaking of which, did you see Calais Campbell's rating on Madden? Ninety five. Ooh, what? yeah, but yeah, he's a ninety. It blows my mind. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, Cleveland is definitely a team that can do it. You know, so sixteen and zero. Listen, that would be uh, that would be something cool, but uh, right. I I don't know. If that's going to happen, I, I think Baltimore is really going to play for that first round bye. Um, they're really going to be motivated to do that. But listen, you know, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Tennessee, Dallas uh, are all teams that can really any of those can hang a hang a loss on us. Um, yeah. So that, it's going to happen. Was, Sixteen that was a beautiful thing, and it sounds awesome, and it the ultimate bragging rights. But at the end of the day. You're trying to go four zero in the playoffs or three zero, whatever the case may be, and that's mm-hmm. that's the hump, especially us. We need to, we need to get over, and it's it's frustrating because I was just talking to my dad about it the other day, and we're sitting there talking about. I mean, Lamar, he there are two playoff games where we but we haven't been dominated. We've kept in the game. It's not like I mean, the Chargers game was a tough watch for the first three quarters, and then he ends up bringing it back down to a one score game. But um, I mean, it's it's already hard defending him for two playoff losses. Imagine three. I can't. I, yeah. I, I really yeah. can't imagine a world where we end up losing three in a row because you gained two years of playoff. And that, that's where I pinned our first two playoff losses on was just the moment. Like you have guys like Marlon Humphrey and Ronnie Stanley who are obviously phenomenal, but they've never been in the playoff light. And the playoffs, that's, that's a tall order. That's a tall order. Yeah, and especially if your coaching staff gets away from your game plan. You know, last year – <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, the Ravens ran the ball better than anyone in the history of the NFL. And then you get to your playoff game, and what do you do? You don't run the ball. You start throwing it all over the place. And uh, they just abandon the run. Right. Uh, why would you do that? <clears throat> excuse yeah. me. So, yeah, yeah. if it isn't broke, don't fix it. You know, get you know, do what you, you did to get there. They started getting too cute and trying to change things up. And uh, we, we see what happened there. Yeah, and I was, I was talking, and another thing that we get pinned with is, ugh, it drives me nuts, is the playing from behind narrative and that we, we aren't able to play from behind. And I know it sounds crazy, but I hope in a couple games this year we go down a little bit early and we're just able to fight back because that narrative is possibly the most frustrating thing that if Lamar's not up by 21 in the second quarter that he can't win a football game, which is completely stupid. I mean, you have a Niners game last year where we pretty much were fighting from behind. We we started out early. I remember um, Debo got that early touchdown. We go down seven nothing, and it was ultimately a tight football game. With I mean, it comes down to a last second field goal, and then the same thing for the Pittsburgh game. So I mean, I don't. Know, I, I think at this point in his career, because he's so young and so successful so early on, 
besides the playoff losses, people are just trying to pin things on him. Because, I mean, after he gets that first playoff win, it's going to be the Super Bowl. And then right after the Super Bowl, if it happens. I mean, what do you have left on the guy? It's, it's like Mahomes. Like, I could sit here. I don't love the Kansas City Chiefs by any means because they're our main comp. But anyways, I could sit here and try to think of something to, to pin on Mahomes, but I can't. Like, he's so phenomenal and he's so just, I dread playing against him. Like, what, what, what can you pin on Mahomes? Absolutely nothing. So, no. uh, I just think yeah. I just think it's a matter of um, just being able to achieve or, like, go over these humps and just prove them wrong. Yeah, a lot of people were, you know, are trying to pin that, you know, oh, he's 0-2 in the playoffs and this, you know, so was Peyton Manning, okay? Um, and I think that turned out to be okay. Um, but, yeah, you know, I've been seeing a lot of this chatter online lately um, about Lamar versus uh, someone like a Deshaun Watson, you know, comparing the two quarterbacks. And, and, and I have a hard time comparing the two. You know, who's better? And, you know, who, obviously Lamar's better on the ground. And maybe Watson's got, you know, a little bit better of an arm. But they play two different styles of football, and they're a couple of years apart. It, you know, if this was a, a year from now or maybe two years from now, I think it would be easier to compare them. But, you know, Watson, you know, he doesn't take what the defense gives him. I've noticed that quite a bit watching him play. He just chucks it downfield. He loves just heaving it downfield. Mm. You know, that's cool. But sometimes, you know, you got to, you know, hit that. He doesn't work the the middle of the field. He doesn't really uh, check it down to running backs much. He definitely doesn't hit a slot receiver. And he doesn't look at the tight end uh, so much. And so comparing that a little bit to, to Lamar, I mean, Lamar does all of the above. You know, he obviously we know what he does with the tight ends there. He's got no problem, you know, chucking it downfield uh, at all. Um, but it's still kind of hard uh, to compare them because, you know, you got to take and keep in mind that Hopkins has been there for, for Watson for the last several years. I mean, when you have a top, you know, three or four wide receiver for those, you know, those last few years, that's going to make any any guy look, you know, any quarterback look that much better. Uh, Lamar hasn't had that yet, and we'll see how Hollywood turns out, or or, or if someone else uh, down the road uh, joins the team. But that, you know, it, that's the thing. It's it's hard to compare the two because they play two different styles of football. But if you had to choose right now, who would you rather have, Watson or Lamar? Um, mm. I'm probably taking Lamar, and it's just yeah. because he's so much more of a dual threat. Uh, you, he, he, just like we were talking about how, how, how you just said that that Patrick Mahomes scares you, he he terrifies you, he worries you when you play them. Imagine a team coming and playing the Ravens. You know, imagine having – I wouldn't know how to react, uh, unfortunately, about taking on a team that had someone like Lamar Jackson. We haven't seen that. And and it really – Michael Vick really wasn't that a lot back, back in the day because there wasn't a whole lot of plays designed for him to run. He just did that whole Madden thing, you know, the, the where he just backed up. If no one was open, he just took off. Um, you know, I, I hated playing people in Madden, you know, 10 years ago, and they would do that to me all the time. Oh, it drove me nuts. But, <laughs> you know, you know, Lamar doesn't do that. There's a lot of uh, plays that are designed for him to run and those options and read options and whatnot. So um, it, it's really hard to compare the two. I mean, what's your thoughts on, on Lamar versus Watson? From a talent perspective, I don't think anybody's really going to argue against Lamar in that battle. 
I mean, obviously Watson's very talented himself, but I think one of the biggest narratives that I can't stand is a durability, like a durability argument. Talking about, oh, Lamar's not sustainable. But and then you're thinking, you're like, well, every game I watch with the Texans, I've got this guy Deshaun Watson on my screen running like a, a, a sprint. He, he has no time in the pocket, which, I mean, I'm not going to fault him for. Do I think Lamar's in a better situation? Absolutely. Does that mean, am I meaning that I'm going to take Watson over Lamar? Absolutely not. I would take Lamar every day, whether if I'm a Ravens fan or a Broncos fan or whatever the case may be. Um, but it's this durability thing. You have a guy like Watson, and I, I don't wish injury on anybody, but he already an ACL, um, an ACL tear. And, I mean, again, he doesn't have really a line. So I'm just not sure what people mean by this durability thing with Lamar. It's trying to say that his play style is not sustainable, and they're still bringing up the whole, oh, well, these teams have more film on him. What? what are you D- durability. About? Tell me when Lamar missed time. When did he get yeah. hurt? Because uh, right. it hasn't happened yet. You can't put an injury on someone. That's that, what I'm saying. And, and that's, at this point, like people are getting to that level of hatred where they're kind of just wishing injury on this guy, and it, it's – I hate it. I, I hate the, the the injury thing with um, athletes. People, I don't know. People just like, like to joke around about it, whatever the case may be. It's it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the only time I can think of Lamar ever getting hurt or shooken up was I guess the Atlanta game his rookie year. He went out with that concussion. He took like a like a kick to the head. I'm pretty sure it was. But other than that, this guy he doesn't get hit. I like if you look at the breakdown statistics. I forget what Ravens reporter did it, but there's a, a stat sheet out there of how often Lamar's avoiding contact on the field, and it's almost like it's kind of eye-opening. I didn't even realize he didn't get hit that much. Hey, listen, you know, a buddy of mine, uh, Michael Jacobs, he and I watch uh, Ravens games together if we're not going to the game. or You know, and and, and MJ, he gets so upset um, about Lamar, you know, scrambling and running because he's just cringing like, oh, my God, I'm afraid of him getting just killed out there. And, and there is that – uh, worry about it, but I don't know if I've seen a quarterback uh, do what he's done and avoid hits like he's done. He'll go down, he runs out of bounds so much. Um, shit, I mean, the people he's hitting the most are the damn cameramen, you know? So, you know, it, it, that's as far as him getting hit and taking these hits, he's not doing, he's not taking these hits. He's avoiding the contact. And, and so uh, that's not. I, I, that's not much of a concern to me, but I will still kind of, kind of, you know, tense up a little bit when he takes off, you know, just because there's always right. that possibility, um, you know, he gets hurt and we're done, you know. Yeah. So do I, do I think um, his running is a concern? Yeah. As much as I hate to admit that, do I think? Am I when I when he scrambles? Am I like thinking in the back of my head the whole time like, oh my god, please don't get hurt, please don't get hurt? No, because I I got faith in this guy at the end of the day. I I mean. You can get hurt anywhere on a football field. Whenever Lamar gets hit, I'm like, oh, God, just please get up. I mean, then that goes for all our players. But um, I, I think this year, if I had to predict, the, I would take the under on his rushing yards. I don't think he's going to be a 1K rusher again. And I think every year, I mean, year one to two, like that transition was phenomenal for him. And I think year two to three is going to be even better. And I think you're going to see him drop back more. I don't, what do you have, like 30-some hundred passing yards? I, I think he'll go up. And especially, we, we mentioned it all the time, we mentioned it last podcast, that he missed nine quarters of football. So, I mean, if, if he's getting those extra nine quarters in, and then he's going to dominate. I mean, th- those quarters of football are, are pretty much Ravens domination, especially last season. I mean, a 14-2 and two team. So, I, I think um, 
I don't know. I, I, think... I, I don't know if the Ravens are going to dominate like they did last yeah. year. Um, we came out of uh, out of nowhere, in, in, in my opinion. Um, listen, we knew we had a good team, but shit, we didn't know we had that good of a team. Yeah, and, for real. And no one was going to predict what, what Lamar did. And um, so I think the teams are – they're going to do everything they can to be best prepared for Baltimore. We've got a huge target on our back. So as far as putting up the points and putting up the numbers that we did last year, I don't see that happening again. But yeah. I still think we're a damn good football team and one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but, you know, we were kind of talking about this Lamar versus Watson. And, hey, listen, I'm a Deshaun Watson lover. I oh, love real? the guy. I, do. I, I think I he's one guy. heck of a quarterback, and, and I would take him. I would have. I would build a team around him. He's a winner. He's oh, a proven winner. He's phenomenal. He is. He's a fantastic quarterback. I don't want to discount him yeah. at all. Um, and I, I think that's what the, the big problem is. Like When you're um, constantly complimenting Lamar, and, I mean, it sounds like you hate Deshaun Watson, and I, I probably sound like I hate him too. But no, I love the guy. I love Deshaun Watson. If, if I'm not picking Mahomes or Lamar, I'm picking Watson. And putting Watson at three out of those guys is not disrespectful. They're all incredible. And I think Watson is a top five quarterback. And I think some of these guys, like my top five is Lamar, Mahomes, Watson, Wentz, and then probably Rodgers. But I, th- I think some, some people are so afraid to let um, – like these these older guys, like a Rodgers or a Brady or a Breeze go. I'm not a big Breeze guy anymore. I think this year he'll look um, a little worse because I mean, he's just getting older. I mean, Michael Thomas probably extended his career a little bit longer. But I, these like Watson, Lamar, and Mahomes, they're taking over, man. They're taking over. They really Love are. It. But here's the thing with, with like, talk, you know, kind of bouncing back, you know, taking a, a couple steps back here, talking about the Chiefs again and talking about – Mahomes is this huge contract that dropped last week. Listen, now they're now they're talking. You know, trying to wrap up Chris Jones. That's not going to be cheap. Um, they're already paying Tyron Matthew quite a bit of money. They and 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 then you've got Travis Kelsey's going to be coming up again, and and Tyreek Hill. Imagine the money Tyreek's going to get. Where in the hell are they going to get all the money to pay these guys and then put? you know, uh, more people on the field that can really, I mean, listen, Mahomes is going to give you, uh, uh, Mahomes is like Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter what kind of team you have around him. You've got a fighting chance no matter what. Um, but Lord of mercy, uh, you can't pay all these guys and then field a team. Um, you know, that could really, really cripple them, uh, moving forward, you know, paying someone up to $50 million a year, one guy, and then, you know, kind of, you know, probably having to pay Chris Jones shit, probably $100 million. Right. You know, Tyreek's got to get $100 million. If these other wide right. receivers, Amari Cooper and these guys are getting $100 million, there ain't a damn – Tyreek's going to get broke off. Um, so, listen, they're gonna, and then Kelsey, you know, you can't let him walk. I mean, you got to oh, pay man. this guy. Uh, that, you know, and then offensive linemen, you know, heck, the, some of the worst offensive linemen still make, you know, quite a bit of money. You, you know, where's this money going to come from? You know, how are they going to put, you know, other, you know, top talent on the field? Um, you know, when you're spending shit, man, you know, it's 50%, you know, 60% of your budget on like four or five guys. And I remember mentioning last week that I was afraid if, if I'm a Kansas City fan, obviously it's my home. So you're not too reluctant on the deal and you're not really, you're not mad that you just got probably the best quarterback talent that we've ever seen to a, a 10 year deal, a possibly 12 year deal. But um, I mean, they, they might have just dug themselves into a hole because you're looking at this. Uh, I mean, it's it's all COVID related, 
that I saw, I've seen the salary cap was supposed to go up, but now there's a new um, deal in place that could possibly be a, uh, that's being proposed mm-hmm. that could um, stop the salary cap from going up. I haven't really read too much into it, but I mean, like you said, any of these guys like Tyreek, you're not going to let Tyreek go because I mean, if Tyreek's not there, that offense could look a whole lot different, and it definitely would. Because then your number one's McColl, and Tyreek. Uh, as much as I hate playing against Mahomes, when I'm playing Kansas City. That's the one guy that I'm like, oh my god, please just get Tyreek, just guard Tyreek. And after that, um, after that game, that that last, that fourth and thirteenth row to Tyreek, I got Tyreek Hill PTSD. And uh, yeah, let's not ta- let's not talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that, that fourth down play. Oh my gosh. Right. Listen, there's no guarding Tyreek Hill. Uh, no, there's not. There's not. <laughs> He's one of the best receivers. Um, you know, Julio Jones is right up there as one of the you know, and, and, and Hopkins and Michael Thomas, but man, Tyreek Hill is is just, just that exp- game breaking speed. <laughs> That's what he, it is. You just you can't. He's unstoppable, is what he is. And then when you have a mobile quarterback that can right. uh, kind of get out of a, a sticky situation, and and that then it's all over because Tyreek's going to be open somewhere. He's right. He's yeah. just a game breaker. And like I mean, going back, I mean, where where are they going to get the money from? We'll find out. But I'm I'm a, they'll find a way. They they got to find a way. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you know, you know, we were talking about the Deshaun Watson versus Lamar. We kind of, I kind of went off topic and kind of went back to the Chiefs and you know Mahomes and all that. But listen, you know, Deshaun Watson's a hell of a player, and and I find it to be hard to compare the two right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's give it another year or two, and then we can really go back to it and see. You know, maybe who we'd rather have. I mean, Lamar could be a different ball player. You know, in a couple of years, he may not be running nearly as much, right. and uh, because he might be playing for that huge, huge contract, so he's going to do what he can to, you know, be a little bit yeah. more conservative I mean, and not you, get if hurt. You, if you take Watson over Lamar, I'm not going to call you a psycho. Like, I mean, it's a reasonable argument because I mean, it's not like Watson's a scrub. He's an incredible quarterback, and he has all the talent in the world. Now it's just a matter of uh, putting it together. Like, I wouldn't I mean, call you. I wouldn't call you crazy at all. You know. I mean, that's right. your. You know, that's uh, someone's. Yeah, it's their opinion. But I right. wouldn't knock Watson. You know, there's a lot of people. I mean, you know, how would you not take someone like a Russell Wilson over Lamar? Shit, right. I think I probably would. Yeah. Um, you know, if Russell Wilson was here at, in Baltimore, you know, how how would the Ravens have done in that playoff game last year? Think about it. In- I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, so but I don't want to go there. I love me some Lamar. Oh, uh, absolutely. He's our boo. He's he's our boo boo. He's <laughs> our world. Uh, we don't want to we don't want to be unfaithful. We don't want to do these absolutely what ifs not. or anything. So absolutely not. I'll ride and die with my guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, dude, what's going on with this Derek Mason stuff, man? What's going on here with these tweets and and this this dumb dumb on Sports Illustrated? What's his name? Uh, Oh God! What was that guy, David Bocklair or something, or whoever the <laughs> hell he is, trying to stir up some kind of drama between Derek Mason and the Ravens? I mean, what's go what, what's going on there? I think it's just a a recency bias type of ordeal. I mean, obviously it's it's Steve Smith, and you're not. It, that's not like unreasonable by any means to say that you're taking Steve Smith over Derek Mason. But when you have a guy with of Derek Mason who caught over a hundred passes from Kyle Bowler. I mean, it's kind of disrespectful, especially because he had so much. He, just, he did so much in Baltimore. I mean, I'm I'm 17. I'm a younger Ravens fan, but I can remember the days when Derek Mason was just running wild. He had like over, 
I mean, several 1K seasons. Again, mm-hmm. he caught 100 pass from Kyle Bowler. So, I mean, he has all, you know, all, the, um, all the right in the world to be upset. I mean, obviously, it's an all-time team. And, but the, I mean, I, was, I wasn't even... But these are fans. These are fans that are, that are voting. And, right. And, and, and these fans, are, a lot of them, unfortunately, or some of them are a lot of, like, your age. And yeah. some of them didn't, you know, they're maybe newer even fans. bandwagons. You know, they're newer fans, and they didn't see Derek Mason. And, you know, I saw Derek Mason. I saw him in Tennessee. I was happy when he came to Baltimore. I mean, we've never done a really good job or a good job at all developing wide receivers. But, buddy, we've gone and grabbed them, uh, you know, established right. guys, Derek Mason, Anquan Bolden, Steve Smith, guys like that. Yeah. Um, we, we just we just get guys too later in the career. And I'm even thinking about taking Derek Mason over, like, Anquan Bolden. I mean, as much, you know, I love Anquan, I'll ride and die with him, and same for Steve Smith. I love Steve Smith, We've, me and you have talked about it before, he's one of our favorite Ravens for the little time we've had him, but Derek Mason, he, he was phenomenal, and he gave me a lot of memories. I can remember when he almost got his head taken off and still ran for the touchdown. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's incredible. It's really, really a hard one to debate, but, you know, this guy, tell, you know, going on, uh, you know, this, this Titans uh, beat writer or Sports Illustrated or whatever he is, you know, he's trying to start something out of nothing. And, you know, saying, oh, you know, the fans didn't vote him in. He's their number three, and so they don't love him. And he stirred it up, and then Derek Mason kind of reacted on Twitter to it and said, yeah, I was the best receiver uh, in the history of two different franchises, and I just don't get the respect. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I, it's a hard debate. Uh, you and I have talked uh, plenty of times about these all-time, you know, Ravens teams and these people voting. I'm not going to go with these votes of these folks because they didn't see some of the earlier guys, and you know, so, you know, so th- th- some of those people couldn't even tell you who Peter Bulware was. Right. They probably couldn't right. tell you who Rob Burnett was. You know, like I, I had some guy I was talking the other day and. He was amazed at the fact that I'm 17 and have a Peter Bulwer jersey. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think it's um. I I don't think that Derek Mason like was actually upset. I don't think he's really kicking himself because I mean at the end of the day, like you said, you got to realize that you got bandwagon and it's a fan vote ultimately. Like if, if it was like a listen, like a they, French... they they voted Lamar Jackson as the all-time Ravens quarterback. Right. You and, know, over Joe Flacco, and 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 I'm going to tell you right now, we love Lamar. But if I'm taking a choice right now, I'm going Flacco. He won us a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know? It's a, it's a tough one. And I, I think, like I said, I, I could definitely see someone's argument there. And regardless, I mean, I don't think you're not really going wrong anyway there. But, I mean, I, I guess it's what you're looking at off like a – it's an all-time team. So you gotta you got to be um, – like it's, it's what they did for the team. You know what I mean? So I mean, it's all-time teams work differently. Then you got a guy like Steve Smith. Obviously, Steve Smith is a better career guy than Derek Mason, but it's what they did for the, you know, for the Ravens. And, and, and you know, and if I had to choose my my two starting wide receivers on this all-time team, it's a hard, it's a hard choice. It is um, a tough choice. It, it really, really is because of what Anquan Bolden did for us and, and what Steve Smith did for us and, and, and what um, – but if I had to choose – I'll tell you right now, my f- if if I told you my favorite player between uh, Anquan Bolden, um, Derek Mason, and Steve Smith Sr., who my favorite player of that group is, it's hands down Steve Smith. Oh yeah, hands oh, down. There, there's I, no doubt. Oh my if, god! If, if Steve Smith was a, a Raven for his career, um, like for the same tenure as Derek Mason, 
we're probably not having this argument. No. I mean, that's no disrespect to Derek Mason, but that no. just goes. Steve Smith was. God, that man was incredible. Yeah, I love. I probably loved him too much. I mean, <laughs> so. But if I'm choosing my all-time Ravens two starting wide receivers, it's Derek Mason and Anquan Bolden. Oh yeah, that's that's who it is for me. And I love Steve Smith more than I like either one of those guys. And it's no it's no knock towards them, but uh, Anquan won us a Super Bowl. He was fantastic, and uh, Derek Mason was the best receiver we've you know we've had uh, for our franchise. So well, that's what I'm saying. at the end of the day, I mean Derek Mason, yeah, he he's four one k seasons. He he's your um, he's first in receptions, receiving yards. Uh, I think he's like third in touchdown catches, and then again. The Hall of Fame stat in itself, you got him catching 103 balls from Kyle Bowler. No yeah, one can do dude, that. Dude, he played with, <laughs> with McNair, and he played with Flacco. He played with like 100 quarterbacks for us. Right. Um, you know, I, unfortunately, he didn't have to play with Vinny Testaverde or any of these guys, but <laughs> or, God almighty, Elvis Gerback or anything yeah. like that. But, man, uh, he was a fantastic player. Um he he definitely gets overlooked in any kind of all-time rankings. You hear about all these receivers uh, all over the place. Your your you know uh, Marvin Harrison's and 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 guys like this. Your Tory Holtz and every one of these guys were fantastic wide receivers. It's no knock towards any of those guys, but never once do you hear Derek Mason's name come up. Mm-hmm. And he's absolutely right. He's the best wide receiver uh, for two different franchises. And how many guys can say that? For real. You know, real. so, you know, Derek Mason, if you ever hear this podcast, brother, we love you. We appreciate you. We respect you. Um, so, you know, no worries. You're a raven. We love you. So, Absolutely. you know, anyway, so speaking of, you know, any any other things jump out to you? Because the quarterback thing, you know, kind of jumped out to me in those those uh, votes. But what, what, what else uh, maybe stood out to you for that all-time Ravens team? Stood out to me, not nothing too crazy. I, I think besides um, Lamar Flacco, I think that was always a debate. That was the biggest debate I was getting in. Um, I look over at tight end. I see Todd Heap, which I'm not mad at at all. The only other one I'd put was is possibly Shannon Sharp. Mm. Um, running yeah. back, you got Jamal Lewis, which I'm not going to question at all. Mm-hmm. Fullback, I saw people were uh, making the case for um, Juice Check, but I'm I'm a leech guy. Leach guy till I die. Love him. Yeah. Um, Bonta Leach. I even liked uh, Gash. I mean, Gash was a great one yeah. for us. Um, oh, you know, you know, we, we they talked about our left guard, and, and, and I think yeah. they put, uh, you know, a simile there. And I, I really liked, motto. yeah, I liked uh, Edwin, you know, quite a yeah. bit there. Um, so, you know, there was a few of them that stood out to me. Um, but, yeah, you know, Todd Heath. Yeah, and, that's and, and, another one I saw was um, and th- this one. I mean, I'm taking Marlon Humphrey, but I saw people were making their case for Ladarius Webb because you got those Ladarius Webb people. I'm taking Humphrey. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Ladarius Webb was incredible, but was he ever that first team Albrook guy? No, like I don't know. I don't remember ever putting Ladarius Webb in like a like a top five corner situation. I, I to, guess you just to me, Ladarius Webb was a guy that. Uh, never lived up to his full potential. Yeah. And absolutely. I hate to say that. I don't want to knock him, but it was always like we I always felt like I expected more. I expected him to take a leap. 
um, into like more of an elite type of status, and, and it never happened. And that's what I think I'm, I'm putting the same expectations on uh, Jimmy Smith. Like I always thought Jimmy Smith was gonna be just that. The, uh, dude. I was just thinking the same right. damn thing. I was talking about that, and I was thinking of Jimmy Smith. For exactly, it, it's the same thing. You got these guys like Ladarius Webb, and it's all—it seems to be the same like type of ordeal, and it's all injury related. Because when you see these guys take their big strides, they face like a minor injury, a minor minor setback, and they never really get into that, uh, <clears throat> like that that, that that next level, you know. But yeah, other than that, I'm I'm, I'm all good. Uh, I think I mean you're, Ray Lewis, C.J. Mosley can't go wrong. Peter Bulware, incredible. T. Sizzle, love him. Michael McCrary, I funny story. I met Michael McCrary a couple of years ago at a uh, breakfast place. I don't remember where it was, but the guy is. Not a nice person. No. <laughs> not a nice per- no. Not a nice person. Oh but man. Love Michael McCrary. Love what he did for us. You know, it was kind of funny as I was at a, a at a Titans game a couple of years ago. Actually, maybe it was last year. I can't, no shit. It, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> a year ago or two years ago or whatever. And and um, one of my buddies that was with me is a huge huge Titans fan. <clears throat> there was a group of us there, and uh, you know they're doing this radio show before the the game, and and uh, they had Kevin Dyson. <clears throat> excuse me, Kevin Dyson was doing this radio spot and I was rocking my Steve Smith jersey and he had, he had already retired. And uh, so, you know, my buddy Kelly is wanting to meet Kevin Dyson. He's like, well, I can't go up there and talk to him. I'm like, dude, just walk up there and, you know, in a commercial break and go say something to him. <clears throat> and he wouldn't. So I walked up to, you know, Kevin Dyson. I was like, hey, listen, man, my, my buddy over here is a huge fan. Um, you'd love to get an autograph or possibly, um, you know, a picture. Dude, Dyson was the nicest friggin' guy. He was like, <laughs> he was like, absolutely came off the stage, <clears throat> hung out with us, talked to us and everything. And then he started complimenting my, uh, Steve Smith Jersey. And, uh, he said, Hey, do me a favor real quick. He said, turn around. I want to get a picture of you. And so he takes a picture of me, uh, with my Steve Smith Jersey on and he texts it to Steve Smith. And he says, you know, he says, man, I was just talking with Steve last night. He's in Philly doing a game up there uh, for Fox or someone. And uh, he goes, I want to show him that someone's down here representing you and all this other stuff. So, you know, he came up to me. He went up there, recorded a little bit more, you know, did his show live, came back down after the next commercial. And he was showing me the texts that Steve Smith sent to him. So I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty neat and 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 you know and, and and i was always good good friends with jamal lewis too jamal lewis is from this area well went to college here at the university of tennessee which is about five minutes from where i live and uh went to a lot of parties uh back in the day uh that was back in my prime um and jamal was there he and i uh you know became pretty pretty good buddies and and uh yeah definitely have some stories that i can't really talk about on here that involve him, but um, definitely one of my just all-time favorite Ravens was Jamal. You talk about uh, Derrick Henry. I mean, Jamal Lewis was the Derrick Henry of that day. Oh my! Uh, he was big. He was fast. He was unfriggin' stoppable. Um, doesn't get talked about enough. No, he doesn't. Not, not even just in Ravens history, just in history in general. He, yeah, he's incredible. He was a fantastic running back. So yeah, yeah, you know, kind of covering that all-time Ravens team. I think all of them were pretty much. Uh, you know, I can agree with most of them. Um, a few of the players, maybe I'm a little bit biased of because, uh, you know, they, they, they played a little bit earlier or before some of these millennials, um, that voted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't even that. think about this, but I see people like, I'm just looking at the comments cause I'm curious what other people have to say. 
and people are trying to make a case for um, it, don't don't freak out because this one's bothering me a little bit. But uh, Stover over Tucker. Yeah. No, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> absolutely. Not I, I loved brother. I loved Matt Stover. I uh-huh. love that guy. I was a Stover dude. I will always be a Matt Stover guy. But you can't, there's no compare. You just can't compare it, man. Uh-uh. You know, you, you can't, can't do it. You can't do you it. Can't. I mean, it's it's Tucker. He's he's the guy. Yeah, he's he's most likely going to be the best kicker in the history of the NFL. The end. There's no debate. There's no there's no argument, you know. Uh, you can't do it. But Stover was so, I mean, it, listen, you you know what's going to really hurt me is when when we, you know, someone has this conversation in 5 years and they're saying that Mark Andrews is the best tight end in history and you know over a Todd Heap because golly, you know, that was another guy that I just loved was Todd Heap. And I loved me some Shannon Sharp too and Oh, Shay Sharp love him. Oh gosh, yeah, man. We've he had we've Shea. had some guys We've had some guys come through Baltimore that, uh, you know, some of them even towards the end of their career, you know, like a Ricky Williams, even a Deion Sanders. I mean, a Dallas yeah. Clark, you know, some of those guys come I here. I see some of the like, people trying to make cases for Deion Sanders. I mean, I think you could put Deion Sanders in there, but I, I, we got him like five years too late. <laughs> yeah, he played yeah. for us for two years. He played for right. us when he was 37 years old. Right. Hence, he, you know, that was the reason why he, he had his number was 37 because <laughs> he wanted that wide receiver across the field right. from him to know exactly how old he was when he was uh, when he was taking yeah. him to school. I, I hate I hate it because you like I can imagine Deion Sanders being a, a Raven for his whole career. <laughs> he just oh, fits in over here. But um, yeah, you know, I, I you're, think ta- you're talking about having that jersey of Peter Bowler. I've I've got it. I've got a Deion Sanders, you know, Ravens jersey. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Hanging up in the closet, man. I yeah. Awesome. It, listen, he, here's another guy. That, you know, Rod Woodson. You know. Yeah, that's. I'm cool with that. I was cool with it. I saw someone try to. I can't even believe someone, dan- like said this. Bernard Pollard over Rod Woodson. No, no. Some crazy people out there. Well, because they didn't see, they didn't. That person didn't see Rod Woodson right. play. Yeah, you know that's and that's 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 the think, only explanation. I think I think another interesting one. I don't think I mean I wouldn't do it personally, but uh, Bart Scott over C.J. Mosley. Hmm. You know, that's a tough one. I see why. I can yeah. see why. Um, C.J. Mosley was another one of those guys that, to me, was like a uh, Ladarius Webb. Like yes, he absolutely. never took that step into like elite status. That's the reason why Baltimore didn't pay him. Um, they felt like that uh, they could they could re- he was replaceable. And um, it, dude, Bart Scott was a friggin' thumper. <laughs> he That's that was it. a that was a hard ass, and he couldn't wait to just crack people. Hit that hole and lay wood. Oh my gosh, I loved watching him play. He would destroy people. So another one of my favorite. I mean, going back to that, like laying wood. Another one of my favorite Ravens. I mean, I, I don't think I'd put him on a team, but Dewan Landry. I loved him. I loved that guy for some reason. <laughs> I loved Landry. Him. Gosh, uh, I haven't heard that name in forever. I'm saying he's he's a forgotten one, but I loved him for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, there's always there's been guys that I've I've you know hoped hoped really good things for that were Ravens and um, we, sometimes they they just stunk it up and then sometimes yeah. they've even moved on to be uh, to be good players you know Brashad Perriman Dar- Darren Waller was a guy Darren Waller yeah. oh, coming my. out of college was a was a project but. Uh, I really, really saw great potential with him, but man, he just unfortunately his off the field stuff and and, and yeah. some of the drugs was, and whatnot. He they had to cut him loose. 
Yeah, I'm. We're we're full of these guys that they they like make this big jump, and then you're like, okay, well, when are they gonna make that next big jump? And I really thought one of those guys that was gonna take that big jump was a guy like Kamar Aiken, or even like a Crockett Gilmore. Like, I remember watching some of these guys and Max Williams. Right, that's another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bernard Pierce a couple years ago. I remember watching Bernard Pierce and like he was kind of like a Gus Edwards type runner. Hey, hey, but he Dixon, Kenneth Dixon. Yeah, he 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 got he got a little big. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was a little too big for his own good. I think if he was more athletic, he could have made that uh, that leap. But I'm trying to think of other guys that I, I would just watch and that were just ready to take that jump but never you know we got all those running backs we really you know being ravens fans you're gonna dig deep and you know lorenzo telly you know guys like that that you really really hope yeah listen there was a i'll tell you right there wasn't a bigger fan of alex collins in this world than me for i'm telling i've got an alex collins jersey tell me someone else that has one of those I've got an Alex Collins Ravens jersey. In fact, I won a fantasy league a couple of years ago with Alex Collins as my starting running back, and I took a picture, uh, you know, with me wear, rocking the the Collins jersey at, with my uh, trophies when we did this fantasy football like presentation, and uh, you know, put it on Twitter. And Collins like he retweeted it and and commented on it, and messaged me <laughs> on Facebook about it, and then you know. He's never that been Irish heard of. Jig, yeah. man. God, I, I there was I, dude. I loved me some Alex Collins. I, I just wish he could have stayed healthy. Yeah, and then you have a guy like Justin Forsett. I mean, he had his big gear, and then he just took a little dip off. I mean, running backs, you don't really expect like he was already kind of seasoned when he got with us. But mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we have these guys. I don't know. I just want them to take that big jump so bad. They never do. But yeah, like Perriman. I was, I was, uh, and even no Waller. That's what I want to touch on. I was talking to a couple guys yesterday about, um, or a couple of days ago, about like if we still had Waller with Andrews and Boyle. <sighs> My God. Waller is phenomenal. I mean, I'm still taking Andrews over him, yeah. But if Waller could have kept his stuff together with us, mm-hmm. oh, my Lord. Yeah. The way we put these tight ends to use. He may not have gotten the opportunity with us with this bringing in um, – you know Hayden Hurst and bringing in Mark Andrews. He may have not gotten. He got the opportunity in Oakland or Vegas. Now um, he got the opportunity that he needed. He got his life together. And gosh, I'm so happy for him. Um, oh, absolutely. Got uh, that big deal. Not yeah, big deal, but that deal. Yeah, absolutely. And and he's and he's you know really really blossoming in that offense. He's. He, and I'm just really really glad that he. That he's still in NFL, he's keeping clean, and 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 oh, uh, absolutely. you know Good he, for him. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm really, really, really rooting for him. You know, once a Raven, always a Raven. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, we're really, really hoping big, big things from him. Yeah. And while we're on this tight end subject, um, I know I mentioned or I put it in the um, the podcast list was I saw that Jordan Reed was trending today, and he's finally back healthy. And I saw that there were three teams reported interested in him. I'm not sure if it was Baltimore or not. But then it kind of like struck in my mind. Well, we just traded Hurst. You got a guy in Jordan Reed who's not really looking for, I can't imagine, a good deal. Because he, I mean, he can't really stay healthy. So um, it, we got a, our tight end number three is Jake Breland, an undrafted rookie. Which, I mean, I'm assuming Baltimore, we're, we're not uh, hesitant to pick up a, a free agent coming into camp. So what do you think about possibly bringing Jordan Reed into Baltimore? Man, Jordan Reed um, has so uh, such a, a physical ability. 
the potential was endless with him a few years back, but he just can't stay healthy. Yeah. And if he and, and if he comes if he was to come to Baltimore, he's not going to play a whole whole lot. Um, they're going to use him as a receiver, um, but he can't block. He can't. You don't want him mixing it up uh, in the trenches like that because he's going to get hurt again. I personally um, probably am not very interested in him unless it was something stupid cheap, um, a right. one year deal. I'd bring him on uh, maybe for that, but if you have to pay this guy any kind of a chunk. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want anything to do with it. Now, you were talking about the three teams that um, uh, that are unknown, quote-unquote, but there are some, you know, the Seahawks did work him out. And, um, you know, after working him out, they signed Greg Olson after that. Um, so that may tell you a little something there. You know, they brought, yeah. in, they brought in that guy. Um, uh, another team that speculated to be looking at him, and I don't know – how how much truth there is to it is the L.A. Rams. Um, you know, they've got uh, – they have a couple of good tight ends, Gerald yeah, Everett and yeah. Tyler Higbee. Um, but Jordan Reed really blossomed. Uh, you know, his best year in D.C. Uh, came um, really when Sean McVay was the, the coordinator there. And, and so, you know, he's got some ties to Sean McVay. So – uh, that could be a team, but listen, there's not a team in the league that couldn't use tight end depth. So right. the fact that there's a report of three teams that are looking at him, I promise you it's probably 13 teams or 23 teams that are uh-huh. probably considering him because he's probably not going to cost much. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, the, the the Jaguars brought in Tyler Eifert for crying out loud. Here's another guy right. that, you Can't know. The dude steps out his front door and he breaks his leg. I mean, he's just, <laughs> you know, he's just injury prone. And 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 listen, and, and you know me, I'm a Notre Dame guy. I love right. Tyler Eifert, but gosh, man, the dude can't stay healthy for nothing. And and Jordan Reed's one of those guys too. And I didn't like, you know, I didn't like him. He's a Florida Gator, and God, I hate the Gators. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's a good player, and. I, if we brought him in, cool. If we didn't, we don't. But I, I was just thinking about it because, I mean, I can't imagine like he won't cost too much, and three teams interested. I mean, like we were talking about it last week. If any player goes up, regardless of their caliber, you're always thinking, or oh, well, are the Ravens going to bring him in? Because you know how the Ravens are with these old veterans. I mean, they love bringing him in. Last year we brought in Michael Floyd and Shane Ray, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So especially when you just traded your Hayden Hurst to, I mean. He's not necessarily top tier, but he might. Hell, if he can stay healthy, you might even get more production out of a Jordan Reed over Hayden Hurst. And I mean, I, I didn't even think about this. David Reed, his brother, played here for a couple years. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't end too well, but yeah. I mean, it's just family ties. So I mean, you know, putting a good word, whatever the case may be. I I would probably lean a little bit against uh, bringing him in um, because I really like. Uh, Bringing, I, I really like the uh, acquisition of Breland, and yeah, I, like Breland. I do, and and I'd like to see him get a little bit of opportunity, get a little bit of experience under his belt, and uh, you know see what he can really, really uh, turn oh. into for us. And listen, there may be a, a tight end or two that's cut in training camp. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a handful of them, um, and I definitely could see Baltimore bringing in a guy. Um, I just don't prefer it not to be Jordan Reed because. Um, 
you know, with COVID and things going on and some of these players right. could come down with it. I would rather use an IR spot on someone else than Jordan Reed. Agreed. So, so um, yeah, you know, I wish him the best of luck and, and maybe he can end up on the team and, and, and maybe prove, uh, you know, stay healthy for a change. Um, but I, I don't want to fiddle with that. I don't want that headache on my team. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially when you got a guy like Breland who's young, he can take the opportunity to learn from a Boyle and a and a Andrews. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see the point in messing up his development. So yeah, I guess. Yeah. You said I mean, a Boyle, a Boyle. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can learn. You can learn from a Nick Boyle. I love. <laughs> I, I, I I I love me some Nick Boyle. I tell I you. I do too. I do too. I, he he was one of those guys. I'm not gonna lie. I, I was looking at him for years. I'm like, God, when is this guy gonna find his role with us? Because I mean, he had those the PED ordeal, and I'm like, when when is Boyle gonna like make his make his mark with Baltimore, and he finally did, and he's probably the best blocking tight end in the league. Yeah, he probably is. He, he, I mean, listen, they paid him six mil a year. Right. You know, he is the best blocking tight end in the league, and and with our power running game, I mean, he is extremely valuable to us because when we signed him to six million a year, it blew my mind. I said, holy moly! Yeah, like, I, I'm right there with you. I was too. Same thing. I was like, holy cow! But listen, it has paid off. Um, our team's clicking, um, great chemistry, you know, great, great, uh, uh, philosophy with running that ball. So, you know, like I said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So it fits within our budget, man. Let's, let's do that, you know, so let's keep him around. And, and I am a Nick Boyle fan and, and I loved watching him score a couple times last year. Finally, you know, so, oh yeah, that, that was he good stuff. Say, besides his blocking, he can go catch a ball. So yeah, good stuff. Well, he's such a, uh. Uh, no one expected that last year. You know, no right. one expected. They thought he was in there to, to, to you know, just bump and grind, and uh, and he he'd sneak around and catch some passes. <laughs> so, and I expect more of the same this year from him. I think he's going to oh, be a hell yeah. of a lot more involved this year. Uh, you know, with Hayden Hurst being gone, so um, really looking forward to seeing what kind of numbers he can put up this year, and 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 see if Breland gets on the field, and you know, see what we do. There, you know, what we have there with him. So, yeah, I'm, I would assume Breland would make the team. I would assume. Because, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys. I mean, unless he stinks it up in camp, obviously. But he's one of those guys that I, I mean, when we signed him, I was through the roof. Because he's one of those guys, and I, I was looking at the tight end group. I can't believe he didn't get drafted. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's one of those guys that I thought was going to be a lock for the draft. And if, if we didn't get him, I mean, obviously we traded her, so I wanted a tight end. And I'm like, okay, well, Thad Moss would be cool. I mean, his dad's Randy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Hunter Bryant. Um... I was even in the late rounds. I, I wanted us to draft one, but then, I mean, no one's drafting him, so why would you not? And then you can get a nice little steal well, like Breland. Yeah, when Breland went undrafted, I mean, he was, uh, you know, one of the probably three or four guys I was really, really excited about. Hopefully the Ravens can go and grab this guy up, and they did. And then, you know, some of the other guys I saw signed with other teams, and I was like, yeah. You know, and another guy, they brought in Nigel Warrior from uh, University of yeah, Tennessee. I, like I think, you know, that was a very, very sneaky little pickup there that could pay off, uh, you know, down the road for us. But uh, Ravens do have some sneaky good picks in there. And then, you know, it, it, listen, with some of these, you know, some of the guys they drafted, uh, you and I have talked about, you know, Devin Duvernay, Duvernay and, and James Prochet. Um, I love both of these. They're both sure-handed. Uh, you know, they could be arguably the two best hands, you know, as far as wide receivers in this draft, and we got both of them. Right. And I, I even saw, I mean, to go back to those Madden ratings real quick, Duvernay, my yeah. boy, they got him at a 71. 
Love it. He's over Mims, over those guys. Love it. Deserved. But yeah, I think I'm out of these two. Prochet, Duvernay. They're both they're very similar in the way they play. But I, mean, I know me and you look at Duvernay very similarly. And we he has that uh like, I don't know, like he lives for the moment almost. Like he he's in that game and he's ready to go make a play. And I remember I was talking about uh like if we get to a playoff game, will Duvernay be ready to make those plays? And I mean you're all for him and you you think he can go do that and make those plays. And I agree. I think he's a, a game breaker. I think he can I whenever I talk about him I always mention his L S U game where he didn't just he didn't just impress, he went off and was arguably the game. He was um Texas's offense. Mm-hmm. He's he's incredible. And I think I mean, again we always mention it, Harbaugh was absolutely he was through the roof. You saw him in his office doing the fist pump when he got it, his hands on Duvernay. I mean, when you're sitting there and waiting and waiting and waiting in your draft, and you're like, okay, why hasn't Baltimore taken a receiver yet? Why have they taken a receiver? You know, uh-huh. and and these, you know, they had some guys they really really hoped would fall to them, and a lot of things fell in our lap. I mean, Patrick Queen fell into our lap, and 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 J.K. Dobbins fell into our lap, and 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 D- D- Duvernay was the next one, and. Right. And so, you know, he was extremely excited over that, um, you know, as was I. And I believe this guy is going to be a difference maker on this team. Like you said, he, I think he rises to the occasion when it comes to bigger games. And he's got that, you know, people want to call it an it factor or whatever you want to call it. I, you know, I don't want to go there. But yeah, he seems a little fearless. Like he just oh like like he just doesn't give a you know what yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna ball and there ain't a damn thing you're gonna do about it and and and, and with his build you know built like a Steve Smith you know he's kind of a little bit smaller but a stockier guy uh-huh. um, and you know some of the best hands um, you know in the NFL draft uh, he was he could turn out to be another steal um, that the Ravens are kind of notorious for uh you know for getting uh in these drafts you know a la you know orlando brown and guys like that you know so yeah he, he's tough and gritty and i feel like at this point with baltimore when you go through guys like a like a perryman i don't even think you need another guy who he's essentially made of glass you feel like you feel like whenever he's taken a hit you're he's injured but you have a guy like duvernay i mean there's a clip out there of i mean it really tells all you need to know it's, it's the LSU game. He catches a little uh, smoke screen, and he puts Grant Delpit, Cleveland Brown, a new Cleveland Brown, in the dirt. <laughs> and it's, I don't know, he's just tough and gritty. He'll get you those extra yards, and he can catch a ball. The, the drop rate isn't talked about enough. It's it, for Prochet as well. They're not, these guys, and you can tell after that Tennessee game, we're, we're kind of scarred, these drop balls. You're not going to get that. And if you do get that, I'll be shocked. But I, I'd be willing to put... I'd put a lot of money on it between both these guys when they get their opportunity for a catchable ball. Not going to happen. Not yeah. going to happen. You know, you know, even over my, my other podcast, my fantasy football podcast, the uh, Dynasty Pros Fantasy Show, uh, my co-host Rob, um, who, by, uh, by the way, is a diehard Steelers fan, um, oh, wow. he, he, he'll argue with you that he thinks James Prochet is better than Duvernay. I mean, he he's a Prochet guy, and he hated that you know that Prochet ended up in Baltimore, but he loves him. He he'll argue with you uh, all day about who's the better receiver. Um, so uh, you know that always make that's flattering, and it makes you feel a little bit better. And I'm like, okay, well, 
you know, you know, you tomato and tomato, you know, I, we've got both of them. So, right. you know, hopefully both right. of them kind of, you know, rise for us and, 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 uh, you know, contribute and, you know, become, uh, solid, solid wide receivers for us. So yeah. But, yeah. I'm yeah Perche, he's, he's one of those guys I didn't really know. I mean, I feel like he gets overshadowed by Duvernay. I mean, it's got, it's bound to happen because Duvernay is so incredibly talented, but I'm not going to lie. Like, the first couple of days of the draft, like when the draft first started, I didn't know who Prochet was. And then the second, the first day goes by, and then I start doing my research on these later round guys. Because I never, honestly, I didn't really expect us to pick a receiver in the sixth. I, I wasn't really expecting that. And I mean, for a Duvernay, if it's any other year, he's probably going the first or second round. And then Prochet, he's probably a higher, a higher round guy, like probably mm-hmm. the third mid round. Definitely not a six rounder. I think that in this class, this receiver class, a lot of people got lost almost. Because you have, you have a guy like Denzel Mims. I was a Mims guy. I, I really wanted us to get our hands on Mims. I mean, how it played out, I'm not unhappy. By any yeah, I wanted Pittman. Yeah, I was also a Pittman guy. I liked Pittman. I, I really was... I, Duvernay was one of the guys I really wasn't looking at too much. And I mean, now that I, I, I've had the second chance to do my research... Um, am I unhappy? No, I think I, I didn't. That LSU game really. Dude, half of the half of the Ravens fans, or some of the some of those right. fans out there, were all about let's trade up and go get Jerry Judy or CD <laughs> Lamb. I mean, you saw so much of that out there of us trading up and us trading up and us trading up and getting one of these elite wide receivers, which wasn't going to happen. Yeah, um, you know. So yeah, I was kind of hoping a Pittman, you know, would be sitting there. Uh, for us, and he wasn't. I didn't. You know. that, I didn't really buy into the uh, the whole CD trade rumors, but I mean, as he started to fall more, I'm like, he's. We were getting to. I think he got picked at 18, I believe it was, and we get down to 18. I'm like, okay, well, if he gets to 20, that phone's picked up. Like you, you you're thinking for many teams, not just Baltimore. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying, because like the 20s, because I thought CD was going to be the first receiver off the board. Personally, I I was not expecting rugs. Yeah, but the Raiders either. are the Raiders. Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> the Raiders are. I was actually I don't know why, but it, I was just looking at, I was just looking at anything, and I was on Instagram and Ed Reed, the Raiders could have got their hands on him, but they picked uh oh god someone, and he was a bum. Anyways, next pick. Edward Edward Earl Reed Jr. the goat safety. There's not much more to say, but yeah, love it. Well, there's a lot of those, but we could do probably ten podcasts just talking about players <laughs> players that have been passed up in drafts. Um, you know, shit here, you we know. Could, hey, Patrick Mahomes, the end. You know, right? Trubisky exactly. went Trubisky went number two in that draft with Mahomes in it. I, so. I'm telling you, I, I see that photo of Mahomes, Watson, and Trubisky at the Pro Bowl, probably. Ten times a month. <laughs> that photo is so funny, and oh my god, it it just looks like I see people like was Trubisky photoshopped in this photo. Like it's the funniest thing. Yeah. Because when you see Trubisky in the Pro Bowl, you're like, huh? Like he, yeah, he was in a Pro Bears. Bowl. I mean, think, imagine if you're the Bears and you could. Oh um, my. If Mahomes, and, and then you gave up all that shit just to move up and get Trubisky. Right. That that he uh, wasn't even gonna get taken anyway. Yeah. And I don't have it. I try, I try not to think about it too much, but if Mahomes was a bear, my God, my God, with Khalil Mack on that defense, Eddie Jackson, I mean, that's for another day, but 
Just put him on. Put him on any team, man, and he, you know, they're going to be fantastic. Right. But you know, but he may not have put up the numbers as, as he would have with an Andy Reid. You know, and you got to give Andy right. Reid credit. You know, that, oh yeah. You know, whatever teams that he coaches, man, they're they're an offensive force. And now with, uh, you know, he's got the best quarterback in the game um, at what 23, 24 years old. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I mean, how how much? And, and now you got him locked up for you know 11, 12 years shoot yeah, yeah yeah have fun with that andy reed man you know? right so now, i don't want to get too far away from this duvernay prochet talk but yeah yeah i'm really excited for both of these guys at the end of the day i think we got two gems really looking back on it i think prochet will i mean i don't think he'll end up like a guy like um like jaleel scott like, i'm always looking at jaleel scott and looking back on him i, I really thought he had the potential i mean he, he still could don't get it twisted i think he could still jump out and you know, make his mark. Do I think he's going to be a star now? But Man, do I think Wesley? Wesley is the yeah. guy. An- another guy I thought, and uh, I-, I hate it, but Jordan Lastly. I really thought Jordan Lastly was going to make his mark on this team. He had chemistry with you know Lamar. They were working out together in Florida, and I really thought that that was that that, that quarterback wide receiver duo. It was, I thought it was like a it was like Hollywood and Lamar before Hollywood. Yeah, that's what it, it was kind of like. But yeah, he ended up getting in the fight, and then Harbaugh is not going to tolerate that BS, so he's mm. gone. So yeah, I, I think, I mean, finally the Ravens, we're not we're not too crazy on drafting receivers, and whenever we do, it's it's not not really turned out in our favor. Perryman, for example. But yeah, I think I think we just got our guy, our guys even. And I, but I think a argue, quarterback, I think a quarterback really really makes that as well. Absolutely. And and so I think we've got our quarterback too. And, um, yeah, you know, Flacco, uh, for, you know, bless his heart for all the good that he, he did for our organization. Um, he never was able to develop those guys, but when we brought in an Anquan Bolden or a Steve Smith, um, those guys made him better. And, you know, even Jacoby, uh, Jones, you know, helped him out tremendously. Even so a, even a Tory, like, is there, is there anything more reliable than a, um, a Flacco, Torrey Smith deep ball. Anything more reliable than that? Yeah, it was nice, and Torrey was another guy I really, really hoped would be that elite. You know, when we start talking about these guys that take that next step, and he never really did, and he never really nah. did anything after he left Baltimore, and um, you know, was really, you know, that was a guy. Here's another. I got Torrey. I've got Torrey jerseys uh, hanging up in the closet as well, man. I've got a a library. I've got a museum of Ravens jerseys. So you know, Torrey's just one of them. So. So, yeah. you know, speaking, speaking of this season, you know, we're talking about, you know, what we can expect from, from these receivers and some of these unsigned uh, or these undrafted uh, free agent rookies. But, you know, wh- what do we think um, about this upcoming season? Are we going to play a full season? Um, and if we do uh, right now, you know, speaking with the Baltimore Ravens, they're going to let apparently 14,000 fans in and, and no season tickets uh, are really valid this season because we were looking at season tickets and, and, you know, you're not guaranteed anything because there's more than 14,000 season tickets. Um, so, you know, what do we think? Do we think we're going to play all, all the games this year? And if so, are they going to keep it at 14,000? Do you think they're going to cut that at some point? Or do you think they're going to uh, maybe, you know, as the season goes, goes on, maybe they bring in a few more fans. I mean, what's your thoughts? So, personally, I do believe that we will play a full 16. Um, the preseason, I'm still not sure what's going to happen. It sounds like it's going to get cut, and if it does, that's unfortunate because I was really hoping for a, 
like two games maybe. Because honestly, preseason is one of those things I always look forward to to see a guy like uh, like Trace McSorley this year or like a Jaleel Scott or even a Prochet Duvernay. But anyways, yeah, I think 14,000 will stay. Because I saw a report that um, the Jaguars made changes to theirs. And I mean, Florida right now is seeming like they're – I mean, Corona infested almost. Yeah, they're swimming and in it, man. That's what I'm saying. They just set a national record yesterday, and they they have they're allowing more fans than us. <laughs> they're allowing uh, seventeen or almost seventeen thousand people. They have the exact number is sixteen thousand seven hundred ninety one fans. So I mean, Maryland obviously isn't doing great. I don't think really any state's doing incredible, but um, I mean, for the the Jaguars to be doing that. I, I don't think it'll get cut. I mean, I think there's going to be fans. I, I forget what owner said it, but he's like, I mean, obviously you're not going to have a full capacity stadium because I'm pretty sure M&T can allow 71,000 people at full capacity. So obviously you're not going to have that number. But I mean, why can't you have a couple? Like, why, why can't you just scatter in each section? They were talking about like, like different uh, seating arrangements so they can at least have fans in there. And I think the NFL... I'm sorry. <laughs> My fault. It's all right. <laughs> Anyways, um, do I think we will have full capacity? Um, no. Do I think we'll have 14,000? Yes, and I don't think that number will be changed because... Um, now, I have I mean, seen that there's there's a possibility that, you know, whether this happens or not, but a possibility that that could go up. Um, yeah. Due, due to, um, you know, some of these northern teams be playing in such colder weather, that um you know that is in our favor as far as like the virus spreading whereas somewhere like florida and miami you know miami and jacksonville and right. places like that where it's more likely it's the reason why this thing's really really taken off in a lot of those places man it's just uh, it's thriving in that heat and uh the right. cold the cold uh, it doesn't like that and mm -hmm. um and so i don't know if it goes up anymore i think fourteen thousand is probably where it's going to be all season yeah but Honestly, I did see that rumor. Fourteen thousand, I'm perfect with. I mean, as long I'm, I'm one of those guys. As long as we have at least one fan in the stadium, we could have that guy that does the, I mean, the defense thing. I, just him. If it's just him in there, I mean, I'm cool with it. But um, if as long as you have at least a fan presence in there, because I can't even imagine watching a football game on TV with no fans. Like it just doesn't ugh. even sound right to me. That's what I'm saying. Right. That, that's all I can think of is ugh. If, but if 14,000, it's it's a presence, you know what I mean? It's not really a number for me. It's just as long as I can see a fan on the TV. Can, but, um, can you imagine? Dude, I mean, I, right now, can I, you imagine? A, I mean, this is a, probably a scalper's dream. You imagine how much some of these seats will sell for? Right. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, my gosh. I, it's it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting season regardless of what happens or not. And it's unfortunate because this is one of the years I'm looking forward to the most. And but I, I think the NFL are in a fortunate situation because you got you got like the, the NHL and the NBA and the MLB fighting your battles for you. So a lot, your your season's positioned in a spot where you can see what other sports leagues are doing, and if you want to do a bubble, whatever the case may be. I mean the NBA bubble that that's a that's a situation in itself because you already have a guy like and I, like I don't want to get too far removed from the situ uh, the no, topic fine. at hand, but um. Like Rashawn Holmes, he's a, a Sacramento King center, and the guy just got a food delivery. And so now they're, that's all that's all that happened. He, all he did was go pick up food from a delivery guy, and now he has to automatically quarantine for 10 days. So these sports leagues are in a situation where 
like, what are we going to do? And some are different from others. I know the NHL wants to take it up to Canada because Canada is fighting the, the virus better than us, like the United States. So, yeah, I think the NFL, I, I think they'll play full 16. For a matter of how many fans in the stadium, I guess that's up to the teams, whatever they want to do. The preseason, I think, will get cut, unfortunately. I, I saw um, I saw Ronnie Stanley post something where he thought the, season, the preseason was going to get cut. Robert Griffin did the same thing. I thought, it's so unfortunate. And You don't I, think I, they'll get a game or two uh, preseason in? I mean, I I've hope. seen where they thought about cutting it in yeah. half to two games. I, I, I saw that um, it was going to go to two, and then I saw that it was potentially going to get cut. And I, I hope, my, my guess is, my, if, if I was them, uh, so the Ravens, they obviously they had their four preseason games. So we, I think we have Landover, Philly, I believe it was. Oh, no, it was Landover and Dallas, I remember. But they're saying, like, for a preseason game, why can't we just travel to Landover? And just have a preseason game there, or like, why can't you just travel to the team closest to you so you don't have to hop on a plane? So you can just have a, get one preseason game in, just so you can see what your team's looking like. Because I, th- I think it's, I don't know, the delay, the preseason not being there, yeah, that's that that's a tough blow to any team, really. That's a, that's a, that's a sucky, uh, that'd be a sucky thing to happen, especially because you just like to see where your guys are at. Like I said, Duvernay, Prochet, McSorley, you just like to see the jumps these guys are going to take and what they're looking like game speed. And I don't know. I just think it's tough, and I hate it. I hate it. But what can you do? Yeah, exactly. So, I guess we're just gonna have to wait that one out and see. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. That's what I'm saying. It's a it's a one day at a time type thing. But I mean, I guess it does give me hope for a, like you know being a you know in Maryland. I mean, if we're allowing fourteen thousand, and you got, I mean, the Corona invested Florida, or yeah, allowing seventeen thousand. Like, what's the deal? I don't know. I I think it's a smart number. Do I think it'll go up if if we start to fight the the virus better? And I, I mean, if 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 your state's in a good spot, then why can't you allow more? But I think fourteen thousand is a good number. I do, I do. And then for the how they're handling the PSLs and the season tickets, that's a whole nother ordeal. I mean, I know you know more about that than I do, but you were talking about the the two grand. Yeah, two yeah, grand paying, you know, yeah, paying two grand up front. Um, you know, and not even being guaranteed any seats this year, but, uh, you know, it'll all start next year with the, uh, season tickets and whatnot. Um, you know, it's, it's a good little chunk of, uh, change. It's a, that's some good coin to, to be tossing at them. So, right. uh, yeah, you know, not everybody has that, uh, laying around. Um, so yeah, you know, with the uncertainty this year, it's kind of hard to pump out that kind of cash, especially with so many people, you know, being out of work and, and, and whatnot. So. Yeah. That's, that's another thing I do want to touch on real quick. Yeah. Besides the fans, um, I don't know if you saw it, but the jersey swaps. Yeah. Being, yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I don't know. And you have guys like Darius Slay and Richard Sherman making good points. Like, you're allowed to tackle me for 60, 60 minutes in a game, but I can't just swap a jersey with you. Like, yeah, that's just, that's just silly. Silly, it silly, is silly, silly. I, I just think that's just paranoia at its finest, and they're just trying to do anything. But, uh, you know, yeah. what What about these, like, sports card memorabilia companies, you know, and, like, you know, Upper Deck and, and, and Panini and everything that do these jerseys, you know, game-worn jerseys, you know, pieces in these cards. Right. Listen, if you can't swap out these jerseys and, and all this jazz, what, you know, what's it going to do for, uh, you know, football cards and stuff, you know, with pieces of jersey in them, you know? Right. That's... Dude, give me a break. My... So, anyways, my... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we called this one 
we called yep, this. Yeah, I one. told you that phone was going <laughs> to ring during this 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 show. Yeah, this is this is what I get for uh, being on my brother's laptop. But uh, anyways, no worries. Yeah, but that, my dad is actually a big sports card collector, and um, that I guess that's one thing I'll have to do. I'm actually going to go talk to him about that after this because I didn't even think about that. Because that that's a that's a big thing for some of these cards is just that, like I mean if you look at a card and it's some some patches are worth more than others but of course uh, like if if it's on a number like that's a that's a cool patch and especially if it has like a you know oh like listen man I have a you know I've got a you know I've got I'm a sports card collector myself and I've got plenty of like Ravens uh, uh, cards I mean out the you know what I mean I've got like one I remember one of my coolest cards I got in a while. You know, it was probably something like six or seven years ago, and it was a Holodi Nada patch, and it just has grass and grass stains and so cool. and stuff on it. But I will tell you, I had a card I got, and, and man, I want to say it was like in 2001 or something like that. It was from Upper Deck, and it was a Junior Seau jersey card, and it had blood stains on it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's mud or whatever, but looking... <laughs> you, don't, you don't know whose blood that is. <laughs> but looking at it, man, but really, really looking at it, dude, there was... There's... there. I think it's blood that's on this jersey card. Uh, so, you know, yeah, yeah, you gotta... They're gonna have to watch some of this stuff uh, now, and I'm sure they already do. Um, there's plenty of blood and nastiness on these jerseys as it is, but, you know, they're probably gonna have to keep an extra... You know, extra eye on that now. That's a good you know, point, though. Test these th- things. I'm telling you, I didn't think about that. Because, yeah. I mean, that, that does a lot for a sports card's value. So, I don't know. I, I think, I just don't know. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know how you can just get rid of that. Because, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing to a lot of these players. And oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, but it's getting, a, I will tell you, it's getting a little out of hand. Because when you watch a player walk out after the game or has some the equipment guy bring over three jerseys. Hell, Lamar had a whole line against yeah. the Jets. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that That's a little bit out of hand. So, uh you know, it is what it is. So maybe this puts a little bit of a, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it stops it at all. Maybe this year, but next year it'll just blow up again. Everybody will have jerseys all over the darn place. You know, they spend an, an hour after the game just, you know, writing messages and signing autographs on these jerseys. So, but, uh, but anyways, well, guys, um, you know, thanks for listening to the show. Blake, great stuff again, man. We appreciate you. Um, Absolutely. But everyone, me. I appreciate it. yeah, absolutely. Everyone, thanks for listening to the Back Row Ravens show. Um, you know, keep keep your eyes out for us, and 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 if you haven't already, go on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything, and maybe drop us a review and let us know how we're doing, and 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 maybe help us out and subscribe to the to the show, and 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 be sure to maybe uh, if you've got any friends or anything, to go look at the Back Row Network of podcasts and look at some of the other teams. If you've got someone that's a crummy Steelers fan or a you know, a, a, you know, a, a, a nasty little Bengals fan or even a Browns fan, which I don't even know why someone would do. But anyways, you know, we've got all kinds of podcasts that cover whatever team you're interested in. So, you know, I think we just brought on the Titans and the uh, the Raiders or, or the Redskins just recently. So, you know, they have to retire Wait, the, Re- the, the Red Who. The Red Who, yeah. They have to retire that name now. So, um, you know, so yeah, yeah. You know, if you got some friends out there that are fans of other teams, um, you know, feel free to recommend them over to the to the uh, Back Row Network. Um, there's there's some great podcasts, fantasy football podcasts, and everything there as well. Um, so, with all of that being said, uh, my name's Bob, and his name is Blake. We appreciate you listening to the show. But until then, go Ravens. <laughs>